See, if your online identity is just a cat, no one hears you scream. And that's how we're starting off the side quest. Actually, you know what? This is how we're going to start off the side quest, if y'all are ready. Let's do this. Can you guys see see the screen here? Let me go, let me go full scale on this guy. <laughs> this looks like this looks like RGP is trying to whisper something to everybody else about like how his drastic opinion of you. Yeah, let me uh let me make sure I got the uh, share audio window. Okay, hopefully I can share the audio here. Okay. You guys ready? You ready? Man, I wish I could hear that. Yeah, yeah that would have been, been, been sick. Oh, dang. I can't let me try to present the video. If they I say side questing. Oh, it's going. One, two, three. Side questing. Yeah. That's it, man. <laughs> there we go. Let me Beautiful. Hide that. Okay. I can put that away. Yeah, <laughs> we had Yoshi P. Man, it, lo- uh, it almost looked like they weren't pained to say it. That's crazy. Yeah, we're not in pain. That was from the Final Fantasy 16 fan celebration over in uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, got to hang out there with um, several friends. Bumped into a bunch of folks that are friends of ours that have been on a podcast as well. Uh, and yeah, just a good time overall, which we will get into momentarily. <clears throat> Did want to say hello. I am Dolly Domofsky. Joining me, the person above me, Taylor, the numbers bliss. That's right. Because every uh, time he's a, on a podcast now, the numbers go up. That's true. Yeah. Two in a row. I, get, I don't know what's going Yeah, what's we're, we're, we're going to break another record tonight. Watch. Yes. Joining me uh, right there, Zach Quest. Welcome back. He's back. The boy. Welcome back, it's Zach. Welcome back, it's Zach. Zach, say something. Hey. <laughs> and above Zach, that cat, Sam Dixon. Gaslighting the industry since 2009. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, it wouldn't have it any other way. Um, we have a jam-packed show uh, and we're going to get get rocking here. I just want to say thank you guys for, for joining us. You uh, loyal viewers, but, mo- but also this awesome team that I'm looking at here. These, these people. I love you guys. How you guys doing? How's your Thursday Eve doing? Yeah. Nobody go, nobody go first. That's good. <clears throat> that is good to hear. Couldn't be better. Yeah. I like, I like it's privated account. That's good. Um, yeah, it's privated. It. I got uh, job interviews and stuff going on. So yeah, <laughs> that's the way to do it. You don't want to end up canceled before your interview. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. That's what's uh, happening. <laughs> uh, well, good to have uh, the two of you back. I know Taylor and I have been holding down the fort, and we're thankfully able to kick JJ off the show today to get the both of you on. So you know. It takes a lot to replace JJ. It takes two people to replace JJ, and that's not talking about his weight. That's just his personality. Personality, I don't know where I'm going. yeah. Well, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I want to. Um, we're going to get into some news. <clears throat> There's a lot of news, uh, but I do want to jump in first with um, the 
summer game fest experience that I went to and just some kind of general, general things. And feel free to ask questions about my experience out there. Um, <clears throat> we did the recap last week, uh, Taylor and, and JJ and I did that kind of went over the show, but, um, since then, you know, being in LA, going through the experience. Now, I didn't go to the the Game Fest play days proper, but I spoke to essentially everybody else who was there, and they it was kind of small. Uh, so it's it's uh, not a replacement for E3, uh, but it sure had an E3 ish feel, like a chill E3 feel. So the way it was set up was <clears throat> again, this is kudos to Jeff Keighley, and I'm gonna be giving Jeff Keighley kudos a lot this episode. No. Um, yeah, he can't. He can't hear it. No, <clears throat> no. I'm gonna get him on this podcast. No. Um. So the way he had it set up was, uh, you know, he partnered with IM Eight Bit, so it was in sort of last year it was just in one like building area. This year it was kind of in the same one big building, but then like a few other adjacent adjacent little little areas, and it's kind of set up as pods. So it's not like booths. There really isn't like booths like in packs or anything like like that. It's <clears throat> it's basically like a screen and controllers and a couch screen controllers and a couch and you would have like phantom liberty on this screen cyberpunk and then sonic right there and then you know an indie game from double fine and an indie game from here so it was they had really kind of worked to mix a lot of these uh a lot of the games together gaming is gaming is gaming right gaming is included doesn't matter how much you you uh uh charge for your game um little or a lot, how big your team is. They wanted to make sure that everybody had kind of the same level of, of exposure. So that was cool. Um, now granted you had places like Bandai Namco that had sort of like an adjacent building area that had their own kind of mini booth going that they were still technically a part of summer game fest, but they weren't on kind of the main main area, but, um, they were essentially the biggest, uh, third party or publisher there but um they were running out of space you could definitely tell it's only two days and there were maybe like i'm gonna guess like 150 to 200 people total maybe a little bit more somewhere around there 250 it's it was not a ton of people that were at game fest from what i was get this is what what people were telling me um and so the hands-on you see from the outlets on there are from all the outlets that you already already know about, right? The bigger outlets that are out there. Side questing will be there next year. I promise it. <clears throat> but uh, set up very cool, very chill. You go in there doing your time slot and you play your game. You talk to the developers. And it's like a PAX experience from what I was being told that you just speak to your, you speak to the developer. You're not talking to like PR or a booth person. It's like, here's the dev or here's the, you know, someone who's intimate with the game design. So that was, I heard that was, that was a really cool experience for everybody felt like packs. So that was, that was the right way to do it. Um, <clears throat> then that was uh Friday and Saturday. Sunday was the Xbox um, live stream and the Starfield thing. And then later in the day was uh, what else was there? Something else later in the day too. Um, oh, the final fantasy celebration. So the Xbox thing, you can watch the stream. There were like a, some mini like fan fest experiences uh, around the world, but somehow I had gotten tickets <clears throat> to be a part of the fan fest, like the the actual fan fest viewing party that was set up in a small theater. It was in the uh, Novo Theater, which is 
Um, Sam, you'll probably remember this when we were there. It's essentially the Lucky Strike bowling alley, like in the same building as the Lucky Strike bowling alley. So it's it's a my daughter's dance recitals had more people than this <laughs> Xbox Fan Fest. It's like the size of a high school auditorium, maybe smaller, <laughs> to be honest. And it's multiple. It was multiple levels. The top, like the upper level was where everybody was kind of seated to watch this event. And it was, again, it was on the lot. It was on the screen, but you had folks like Phil Spencer came up beforehand, Aaron Greenberg, um, Todd Howard, you know, developers and people from Xbox actually were there in person on stage and kind of talking us through before the live stream and afterwards, <clears throat> the little game shows and stuff afterwards. But we watched the live streams there. Um, and then they give you like tons of food and I'll show you a little swag bag that I got, which is kind of cool. They gave you tons of food. They had like a little area, like a little media lounge area for you to kind of play hands on with some of the, some of the games that were there. Really the only games they had, they had a space upstairs in one of the floors where you could play games. There were a couple there. It's where I played Phantom Liberty. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit too. Uh, but, um, and they were just giving away all kinds of shit. Like, um, I'm, let me look at the swag bag. So they gave us this little bag, uh, Xbox fan. Again, I don't know how I got there. I, I was there as a fan. I wasn't there as media. So I can totally talk about this shit. And I can sell this shit on eBay if I want to. See, look at that. It says, it says fan. It doesn't say media or press. Um, here's a cool little Starfield uh, tote with, I think there's like a notebook in here. And they give you patches if you went around. To, yeah, check out the cool, cool little notebook, Xbox notebook. They give you patches if you went around to all these like little activations. There was one that was like, um, put a tire, take a tire off a car, put it back on almost like to for Forza. They had this Starfield mm-hmm. picture thing. <clears throat> they had uh, take a picture with a bunch of bananas for a sea of thieves. And then um, there was like a claw game. <clears throat> and there was like a few things there. You could sign a big Xbox, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool. Um, good for fans. Free food, free drinks. Could not complain about that. Uh, they gave us this. I'm going to hide this. Everybody got a Starfield bomber jacket. Like, legit. Like, they just handed us this as we walk in to, like, sign up. <clears throat> and you get this fr- uh, Flight Corps crew bomber jacket. Like, that's pretty badass. Um, Where's it at? Here, well, it's, it hasn't shipped yet. But here's, like, all uh, the patches. You can get those patches uh, pressed onto that little tote that I showed you earlier. Um, but then they gave us like the, as you kept walking, they gave, they kept giving you more shit in this, uh, Xbox thing. We got, um, a Xbox. What is this thing? It is a Jersey type of oops, type of wearable thing, which is kind of cool. Check that out. Anyways, that's, I haven't tried it on yet, but that sucker could go, uh, could go for sale somewhere as well. Help pay for my trip. Um, there's just one shit. They gave us this mug and a t-shirt. So there's like this. Really yeah, nice are you store. suggesting that you're going to profit off of your involvement in the game industry? It, um, it wouldn't be profit because I spent a shit ton of money to get out there. So it's not technically <laughs> I'm recuperating costs, but no, here is a, um, just a cool, I'm, just, I'm looking at this for the first time. Cool fan fest glass cup that's pretty neat and then uh, another t-shirt and uh, socks and all kinds of stuff so yeah oh and really wait the best thing right here a fan hat fest uh hanging smell preventer crazy there you go 
anyways, cool, cool for Xbox. You can win a bunch of prizes there. They're giving away all kinds of shit, <clears throat> giving away controllers and giving away. Um, it's pretty funny because they had they had so much stuff to give away that if you went towards the end of the event, which I think en- ended at like 3 p.m. Pacific time, <clears throat> there was a good chance you could walk away with something in the uh the cyberpunk area upstairs. I walked up to see if I could play the game and uh, they were kind of shutting down the game. I'm like, all right, no problems. I'm walking out. I see somebody holding like an art book. I'm like, Oh cool. Can I, you know, where, do, where can I buy that art book? I thought they had like a cyberpunk shop. They're like, no, you can't buy the art book. You're uh, they're not for sale. <clears throat> there were giveaways. I'm like, Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah. Hanging smell preventer. Yeah. I like that name better than air freshener. Um, uh, and so I get in the elevator to head back down and I see somebody with a big old giant cyberpunk like collector's box thing. <clears throat> they gave those like $300, $400 collector's things away. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, I'm like, did you did you win that? They're like, yeah, they 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 were giving them away at the end. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, they had like one more left and uh, just sitting off to the side. And uh, I got like the second to the last one. There's one more just kind of sitting there. They, just, they wanted to give it to someone. I'm like, fuck. So I pushed the elevator doors aside. I run back over and I go talk to the lady. I'm like, I was here asking about the art book. Do you guys have any more of those like collector's things? Cause they don't take them back with them. She's like, actually we do. We have one left. I'll, I'll bring it over to you. I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm going to walk away with this. Literally the box was like the size of a small TV. <clears throat> I'm like, Oh fuck. And she like points to it, starts walking over to it. And I see there's a guy holding the box to like, as like protection or whatever. And as she's walking towards it, I see somebody else who was in the elevator right behind me, like basically intercept her path and get in front mm. of her and ask the guy for it. And he just hands it over to them and they walk out and she like stops and turns around. And she goes, sorry. I was like, no, the fucker heard me in the elevator and beat me to it. So, <clears throat> ah, well, that's right. I got away with a lot of free stuff. So that's okay. Um, but it was a neat event. It was kind of cool for fans. You get to I mean, mingle with everybody from Xbox that was there. There's a lot of cool, fun things to do and free food. And then we went to the Final Fantasy event right after that. So me and uh, Punctified uh, Peter, who's my roommate over there, really cool, really cool person, at Punk, D-E-F-I-E-D. Definitely follow them. Good, good person. Um, we were kind of, he was help, my roomie for the weekend. We went over to the Final Fantasy event because we had tickets to there. Got where I met Yoshi P got this uh, really nice signed and now wrinkled crinkled poster, but it has, it's all, they signed them. I noticed that you haven't sent it to Zach yet. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't going, Uh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I might send that over to Zach. We'll see. I would frame it and take good care of it and it wouldn't be wrinkled. Then maybe I might end up doing that for you, Zach. I might have (laughs) to get your, uh, your address after the show. Um, and I'll give you another one of these. Uh, I think you have 18 of these already, the Final Fantasy 16. I have two. You yeah, have two from Pat. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a, tor- a do you have a Torgo pixel pin? Oh, look at that. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Not yet. Uh, this is anyways, the make so- Zach jealous segment of this. This is the this is all this is going to Zach. All that's going to Zach. So otherwise I would sell that. <laughs> I'll just give it to him. All this stuff was like free handed to me. So um wow. <clears throat> yeah, Say it again. Pay- It'll yes, pay yes, with gusto. It again. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna sell it to Zach. No, uh, and so you, you went to this. No, he's gonna give it to here. me, and then I'm it, gonna sell it. That's what a right. lovely that's learning right. experience for those uh, <laughs> yeah. in communications departments of their schools right no, now. No, this uh, stuff it's the was term again. Payola. Um, do your own research, but 
uh, maybe consider that while re-listening to this segment. Yes, over and over again. No, um, <clears throat> it took place. The Final Fantasy event took place in a like movie studio lot area. So you walk in there. Um, there's like some food trucks, which you had to pay for. Dang you, Square Enix! Not so much of a celebration in this case as a way to pay for your own food, cowards. Do you cowards? So we get in there. And uh, and you can go in like one of the little buildings there that ha- that's actually housing everything. All the the gameplay stations on one side. They had um, a stage in the middle. Behind us was a bunch of uh, like uh, like props and stuff. And Bahamut was or sorry, Ifrit was sitting there. And then off to the other side was the this streamer station. Um, shout out to our friends at uh, Super Deformed Gamecast because they were actually contacted as VIPs to stream. So John and Derek and uh, and Finn, um, Finn who was on our uh, our our. Our show at uh, at PAX, very good for he's, he's on our panel there. Um, anyway, so you could you basically had a half hour to stream to your channel from the demo, like a special demo that was. I don't think that that demo was even available to the public. It's not the same demo that's available to the public right now. I don't think so. Uh, and you can get you talk to devs and stuff on your stream, so it's pretty cool. They had like a whole area set up. I think more companies should do that. But and then yeah, you guys watch the panels. It was cool signings and all that kind of stuff. You could talk to. Talk to everybody from the teams. That was neat. Monday was Ubisoft. Um, and uh, that, yeah, there you go. And uh, which took place in sort of, you've been to those, you guys have been to like the immersive Van Gogh or heard of the like, immersive Van Gogh type of stuff. The Vincent Van Gogh exhibit. No. the immer- <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyways, uh, the reason I bring it up is that this, the, the Ubisoft event took place in this venue that normally houses like an immersive art exhibit. <clears throat> small venue uh claustrophobic they had games to play there they had you know surprise that ubisoft would the, pick a small venue you're right um and uh it was a mini booth for them now oddly enough i feel like that's what would have been at e3 for ubisoft like that would have been their their booth but uh uh the only hawaiian shirts i saw <laughs> were from uh uh mike Tilkoto, mike minati <laughs> mr Tilkoto over there he had a hawaiian shirt on one of the days and there was a, actually there were a couple other hawaiian shirts i saw but not too many no no, no. um but yeah it was uh so <clears throat> that was sort of the, the the setup and then you had stuff happening in hotels uh Uh-oh. um i had hands-on with a couple projects that i'm oh. not, allowed, not allowed to talk about which is kind of cool uh i got uh i was privy to information on games that weren't announced yet and that were games that were supposed to be announced with companies but those companies ended up either not having an event or a live stream or are holding it off because hmm. that makes them free game actually yeah believe it or um, not it it does actually and that's one of the reasons that you saw persona uh, tactica announced two days after xbox um because it was going to be on another live stream anyway so uh <clears throat> all kinds of stuff um you heard a ton about projects that uh go- had gone awry uh so one thing that's kind of interesting is just in general because there were fewer people here it was very focused with i don't want to say big wigs but it was very focused with who you would bump into like every time we hung out at the jw uh which was the 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 bar the hotel lobby bar um uh you'd bump into everybody from xbox everybody from ubisoft 
everybody, and I mean everybody, like Aaron Greenberg, Phil Spencer, Mr. Ubisoft, Mr. Square, they were all there hanging out. The voice actors from Final Fantasy 16, everybody would show up because there was so few folks in town. Really made it intimate, really made it chill, and I thought that was actually kind of cool because it was like that uh, the gig event that we went to at PAX where you showed up there and it's just industry folks and it's just hanging out. It's not a ton of people. Um, and the whole weekend kind of felt like that. Like every time you went out and to hang out with anybody, it was just a lot of those, a lot of those heavy hitters. Like you could just be completely open with asking them questions on, <clears throat> on projects and stuff. So, um, very cool, chill experience. Jeff's going to have to make it bigger next year because there was a lot of, no. uh, a lot of, uh, people wanted to go a lot, a lot, lot more, I think. E3 killed themselves. Uh, I agree with Keeley because he didn't kill E3. E3 definitely killed itself because he did stuff right now that uh, unless he gets big sponsorships, he didn't really have big sponsorships for the play days. Um, yeah. But it, it costs a ton of yeah, money I mean, to, to I mean, actually the find is- spaces. That, that's issue. It's going to cost a ton of money to expand size and day wise for Jeff. So, yeah, I mean, the issue is that you know the only thing that he probably nailed sponsors for, DoorDash for the actual stream. Oh, yeah, it was for the actual stream itself, um, which makes sense when you consider like that's yep, that's what he can market. That's what he has. That's what he already gets with Game Awards. Um, yeah. So you say, you know when you're going to advertisers and you say, "This is what I'm making. This is what I'm doing." You can't really claim that you're gonna. Like how do you how do you sponsor right. things that you can't yeah. say that you have proof of? Yep. As far as like, so there's no show floor, you know. The, exactly, and it's I mean, food was uh, food trucks, and they gave out tickets to use the food trucks, which is cool. Sorry, Square Enix, Jeff Keeley actually did this, um, but uh, <clears throat> it was <laughs> uh, no, I think it was it was done really done really well for what it for what it was, which was a very very mini mini E3. Um, it's kind of like the indie area of PAX East, but with a little bit more room, I guess, which is always kind of a nice thing. You can actually walk around and talk to people, very chill, no rush. Uh, and I think that's something that is going to grow next year. And he, he didn't have a lot of like major, major publishers, like on the, no first parties were there. I think the biggest yeah. was like Bandai Namco and they were kind of off the side and EA had some stuff there, but it was small. <clears throat> and that was really was- it. Yeah, I want to say I think I think Jeff kind of proved that, like, because like he's been saying like I want to work with E three, I want to work like yeah, we totally. we need to work together, and I think this kind of proved that he's all about that. Like like this is what I want to do a smart type of show. Like this type of show could have existed with a bigger E three, and it wouldn't have taken away from much. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, like if anything, I'm I'm it's it's incredibly frustrating because the repop version of what E three could have been is opinion an excellent companion to yeah. the yeah. show that and stuff that Keely put on there. yes agreed um, agreed uh, like it, it it makes perfect sense because what e3 uh especially a read pop version of e3 is and could have been it's like that they they are they work together there is no yeah. um antagonism between what those two things exist as in, my in, in so e3 the biggest the biggest winner out of this was anybody who showed anything, <laughs> even a bad game. 
<clears throat> because I mean, the biggest the biggest winner was probably Microsoft because they put on a good show. They put a good show. Um, but I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I was gonna say the biggest loser is the ESA because man, they mm. just they fucked this whole that is thing true. up. So here we were kind of joking around, you know. I think before we left, Taylor, you and JJ and I were like, "Man, PAX LA could work. Like, let Reed Pop just do a PAX." Um, the the thing that Jeff did great was the indies actually had time and space and partnering with IM 8-Bit, Day of the Devs, the, you know, um, the Gorilla Collective, all those, you need to include those. The ESA has not been friendly to indies. In fact, the indies at E3 were always kind of tucked away in a tiny little room, and that was it. It was really about this or big in the parking aspect. lot. Or in the parking <laughs> lot. <clears throat> well, that's the one thing we said uh, that Devolver Digital, I was talking to, actually, talking to Dave Oshry a little bit on Monday. We were hanging out for a bit, and he's like, yeah, I think it'd be New Blood and Devolver should do the uh, the parking lot again and roll that in a summer game fest. I'm like, you guys should totally do that because people were starving for shit to do during the daytime and uh, people would have loved to go hang out that. But um, obviously the mix got canceled, which was issues. But uh, <clears throat> and I found out more info about that. It was all permits. It was just crazy. Yeah. Shit. And and yeah, um, that, that hit the, the permit stuff or mix hit Twitter. Um. Yeah. But, you know, and I think I agree with some of the takes that I read on it, which is that is the an example of the thing that is lost when yeah. you lose yep. the larger, bigger orchestrating body. Yes. Um, where. Jeff stuff, can't handle everything. Jeff can't right, handle everything. Right. And, and, you know, and and little idiosyncrasies with an individual venue hosting one facet of one portion of the show is just you know it, it, re- yeah. it requires a an extremely large team of people to yep. spend a lot of hours making sure that every single i could see all right so here here's the crazy thing that i could see <clears throat> if the esa doesn't get their shit together um i could see reed pop partnering with summer game fest yeah i, I could see, see that. them because they're phenomenal at organizing shit pax east was fantastic this year pax west was great last year JJ is going to PAX West again, again this year. <clears throat> the only issue is how freaking expensive it is from a venue standpoint in Los Angeles. Um, the convention center, but it was, by the way, it was just so odd seeing that, that sucker empty. Sam, you remember when we went there, there were just signs everywhere. There's, there's billboards, there's sign, you know, all, all around town or in the hotels, there's signs on the, convention center showing call of duty or sims or whatever none of that was there and it felt so empty and i actually felt bad for all the businesses around there because burger joints restaurants they were completely empty nobody was going there i'm like man this is what this would have been filled to the brim uh on a normal year for for e3 and it's millions that's millions of dollars it's lost uh uh just in the local economy not just the gaming but anyways um pax pax vegas or uh, like a, a Vegas event would be super affordable. Uh, and it may be better for these devs because a lot of them are, aren't just in LA. They're coming from San Fran. They're coming from Seattle. They're coming from Japan. <clears throat> Las Vegas could work because it's very affordable. There's convention space everywhere. You could host a uh, summer game fest in Vegas and uh, it would be a hell of a lot cheaper than what it would be in LA. I know LA would happen because uh keely felt let's do something in la right um but because uh, that's where the game that's where the heart of gaming was for for e3 but guess what you don't have to it was in santa monica one year i think e3 was in atlanta one year 
so yeah, mix it up. Put it, bring it to the Midwest, man. It's totally cool. Um, I, I was going to say, is it almost an image thing at this point? Where it's I think like so. LA is like where Hollywood is. It's all this, you know, video I mean, games. There, there are studios. The bigger images and the bigger stories. Like, and stuff the studio like concentration isn't what it was anymore. Exactly. Like, exactly. It, it, you know, it, it was. You it was anywhere. Look at PAX. Right. I mean, it was, a, it, was a lo- right? it was a location of yeah. convenience. Yeah. Completely, completely true. So, and that's yeah. just not there anymore. It's just not, it's, it's different now. It's been, you know, these five years have really changed the industry. And I think for the better for four years, whatever. So yeah. Anyways, um, I really feel like Jeff, J- Jeff didn't kill E3. E3 was already dead because it's a dinosaur. Can it come back? I don't know. It would really need to go to, um, I think what, what everybody said coming out of this, everybody I spoke to was they loved how focused it was again. It was just about, putting games in front of media. They didn't have too many like partners, but like business partners, there's a few in there, but it was mostly about get the games in front of the media and the folks are going to report about it and talk about it. Not a ton of influencers yet. Thankfully um, it was about the folks that know, cause Jeff's not a big, big influencer kind of guy, but um, <clears throat> it was about the folks who know how to report about it, who know how to talk about games, who know how to critique them efficiently. And th- that kind of stuff actually helps the studios because influencers and uh, bloggers like us and whoever else is going to come in business folks, they're just going to hype up products. Oh my God, check it out. I saw this game. It was amazing. It's like, that doesn't do much for the actual studio in the end. If the game's not coming out till later this year or 2024, and all you're hearing is just people that can't vocalize things. It's not going to help you get through those last few bugs. So, um, and not just that, but like, you know, the, the, Influencer and alternative media stuff is going to happen by through the co-streaming. Yes, and from, yeah, and from yep. React stuff already. It doesn't need. They don't. They don't necessarily need to have you know, the, the old primordial access to everything right. in order to make that aspect Agreed. of it work. That all that stuff's going to come naturally, anyways. You can ha- let the PR folks handle that afterwards, <clears throat> but. Uh, yeah, overall, I think the chill, the chill, chill aspect of it was great. Bumping into people was great. Really, again, it shows the in-person stuff is is really the way the way to go. Because and this is where I'm going to get to um, the anti the anti you don't need E3 streaming is fine rhetoric. The games that looked uh, according to I'm going to use Zach terminology. The no. games that looked like poopy butt, um, mm-hmm. Prince of Persia. On the, on the streams, on the streams, Prince of Persia, uh, Mortal Kombat with the animation stuff. You know, I know I remember Zach, you mentioning some of the, why does it look like that type of thing? The Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm bringing even Assassin's Creed, the things that didn't look great on the streams, that didn't present well on these live streams. The minute people got hands on them, the foam stars, the biggest stuff at the show, people coming out said, holy shit. Prince of Persia is a phenomenal game. They did the right thing by canceling or whatever they're doing the Sands of Time. The art, they're like, people were raving about the art style of this. Foam Stars, which we said was just a Splatoon ripoff. It was like, what is Square Enix doing with this game during the PlayStation event? That came out very well from this because everybody was talking about that too. Mortal Kombat. I, I think the general consensus was Mortal Kombat 1 may end up being the single best fighting game of all time. Because people just absolutely loved it more than Street Fighter Six, 
they were raving about Mortal Kombat. Like these are professionals. I said it, it played, it functioned so well. Animation was exactly the reason it needs. Anyway, so um, these games came out. Totally. Uh, yeah, they came. True. They came out afterwards. Um, after getting hands on, it's like, oh shit! It there's a reason why hands on is important, and don't just look at those live streams because you a, a, a minute and a half or a thirty second trailer isn't much to form an opinion until you actually get your hands on something and then you actually see it reacting to you and um and you you know you end up potentially changing your opinion and that's what happened with those games i mean i loved i played phantom liberty i could not that game is gonna be odd that that may be one of my favorites of the show of the weekend was getting my hands on phantom liberty because it was freaking awesome you know so it was what cyberpunk needed to be the whole time so yeah i think um it just goes to show that the hands-on are important. Uh, Jeff doing the in-person stuff is great. Xbox, Ubisoft, Ubisoft, their presentation was really bad, but the hands-on, I think people came in with the hands-on stuff from that and from, I guess, the crew as well. Uh, okay. Came out, um, people really liking liking those, you know, the stuff that they saw there. Even that Division mobile game, I guess, that fared really well more in-person than it did um, on the live stream. So, yeah in-person stuff great um the things that i loved personally again i mentioned phantom liberty prince of persia uh <clears throat> the other stuff i didn't get my hands on a lot of controllers this year because um again the nature we weren't we weren't necessarily invited to summer game fest because we i contacted them late had no idea who to contact till the very end uh final fantasy 16 which we'll get into the demo here in a little bit that game it's not at all what I expected it to be. It's very anti Final Fantasy, um, but I pl- and I don't know if that demo that I played was in what you guys played. It was it uh, the uh, the demo of of Ifrit versus Garuda. Did you guys was that in the? That's so. Is it the, is it the bonus battle thing? That's the bonus battle you get okay, after beating the prologue because the okay. game is the actual prologue of the game. Okay, cool. So yeah, I mean that that game fared really well. I loved playing that. Uh, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. And then, um, yeah, I think uh, overall just a really cool, really cool weekend and the way to do do this kind of stuff. I will I will end on this, and then we'll get into the actual stuff that we've been playing um, and some news. My my weekend ended. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. And this is a story. I'm like, I want to go to a movies. I'm in LA. I have one day left, one night left. I'm like, I'll go see transformers. So I looked up the regal cinema, which was around the corner. We were staying at the, the fabled fig, <clears throat> go to the regal cinema around the corner. And I get, um, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the, the four DX. Uh, version of Rise oh, yeah. of the Beasts or whatever it's called. Return of the Beast, Rise of the Beast. I don't know. <clears throat> 33 $34 a ticket for this stupid thing, but whatever. So I get my, uh, I'm like, I need a drink and I hadn't had dinner. So I'm like, I'm going to get uh, an, a frozen Coke. Dally, I have to cut back to Mofsky. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> this was me splurging this weekend was this thing. I get my frozen Coke or frozen drink. I get my nachos. I'm like, I'm gonna have some nachos. This will be great. Which was basically a bag of Tostitos, the round Tostitos, and like a little cup of hot cheese. <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. And you pour the Tostitos bag into this little plastic bowl, and that's it. So I walk in, I sit down, 
and I'm like, oh, there's no. So the way that you know the rows, it's like the individual rows moves, not the seats. It's like rows of four or five seats move. So there's like four of us here um, on this section, and then next to me on this side, the next section is a family. So it's a mother, a father, and in the, in between them is like a four year old or five year old kid. Granted, this was like at eight o'clock at night, so it's already late for the kid to hang out, but whatever. I sit down. I like I put my frozen Pepsi in the cup holder here. I go to dip my first like chip because I always start during the previews and I'm like leaning forward a little bit of dipping the chip and the seat just lurches up during this, whatever preview, the, the preview head motion, half my drink goes flying, half my chips go all on the floor. I have like hot cheese on my leg. Um, and I'm looking around and everybody else has experienced the same thing. Shit's flying into the air. I'm mad, but I'm also kind of entertained because the kid two seats over is getting launched at least a foot out of his chair because this thing was lurching so freaking much. The kid's screaming his head off. And I'm like, I'm actually mad at the parents, but I'm also kind of entertained. Like I said, um, ended it with, uh, yeah, ended my, my trip with hot cheese on my leg and getting my half my drink spilled everywhere. And the movie was okay. It was watchable. Uh, but yeah, there you go. 40 X rise of the beasts. I give it, uh, I give it three out of five stars. That's the official side questing rating. So there's summer game fest. Let's get into a quick, quick little bit of news. Uh, because, um, is Taylor frozen or is he just, Oh, I keep thinking you're frozen. You're just like, Nope. Uh, there's a, a couple, <laughs> a couple little bits of news that I wanted to cover. Uh, let me see if I can load this sucker up here, which I think was pretty big news. And it was the, uh, here's the first one. And that's um, Embracer Group. Remember them? They bought everything. Uh, well, guess what? Oh, they announced restructuring. Yeah. Hey, you can't survive and miss out on a $2 billion deal or whatever and then expect to um Sur- survive i guess so they announced speak for big, yourself speak for yourself why i don't want this. so they announced a big giant restructuring they're going to be closing and device divesting themselves of studios and laying off people and man it's um it's kind of a mess i think right now right uh i don't know it's um they had what 98 individual studios underneath them at one point i think is what it was uh what it was sort of that really the as? total count. Well, it was so. Who knows what it is now? What it's going to be? I mean, but yeah, like eight. Is it eight now? It might be I down mean, to eight. eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird. I mean, it's sad because you know we know a lot of people at Embracer on all levels, from the PR side to the dev side to all the different groups from like. You know, uh, Deep Silver and uh, who was Deep Silver the one that released Dead Island and 505 games? I think are part of it. I don't know. There's so many freaking games companies and studios, and it's uh, a, um, you know, yeah, hot cheese on my leg. Uh, it's just a sad, <laughs> sad situation, but uh, sadly, not one that we didn't see uh, happening because you throw all that money on um, Lord of the Rings, which didn't they announce they're remaking the Lord of the Rings films? Reboot, baby. That's the word. That's the word. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this, friends? Don't care. 
Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right, it's just I think it's a it's just a crappy a crappy sitch. Um, another weird crappy sitch is that uh, U.S. There Judge are a lot of a lot of studios there. Yeah, there are, dude. But that but that's because like there's a bunch of subs that are then yeah. parent groups to a bunch of other ones. Exactly. Like Gearbox has Gearbox, yeah. You know, how how many? Playon has many. how many? Saber Interact Saber like Saber Interactive is actually a sub of Saber Group. Yeah. Which is and Saber sub, Interactive <laughs> and Saber Interactive has six under it. Yeah, so it's it is a tr- it is like a, a giant family tree Russian nesting doll of game development. There you go, studios. with several dolls on each layer. Um, <laughs> U.S. judges agreed to temporarily block Microsoft's acquisition of uh, Activision. Yeah, we now we get to see what uh, what what concessions uh, the U.S. government is going to get out of Microsoft. The U.K. got yep. or the EU got theirs, and now the U.S. government. Theirs, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what the pound of flesh is going to do. I think this one was. Um, I'm not super surprised about this one because the the actual due date for approving uh, was in July. Approving or denying was in July, so temporarily blocking it in this case. From one one thing that I read was that this is this isn't unheard of um, on the path to securing an acquisition like this like it's like they, they're temporarily blocking it they're getting more information and it's likely yeah what are those concessions what are the uh what's the further paperwork what are the you know what are you going to be doing with the studios with the people and da, 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 those line items tends to be a lot of it um so i i think i still feel like this will go through uh in the u.s and i think in in the uk if it's still being hampered then you'll still get those games there. It'll just be, you know, Call of Duty will be published by Embracer. You know, that'll be play on. will be publishing Call of Duty, but Microsoft will be making all the money. So that's just how it'll be. It's just uh, a stupidity by the UK to, since everybody else started proving this. But yeah, I think this is, um, <clears throat> this is just a step on the way to confirming what will likely end up happening. Again, I'm not a business person, but, that's sure what it what it feels like. Um, let's see other news here. I'm flipping through sidequesting.com where we have a lot of news. Uh, Steam got that UI update, which good was job, pretty, Steam. Pretty damn cool. Yeah, I was. I was, I was wondering if this was going to make it in. I was going to mention it if it didn't. No, no, I'm going to share this thing. Go ahead and uh, and talk. talk they about fixed it. it. They fixed it. They made everything look the same. They did it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was a good it was a good standard standardization of a lot of the UI elements that have kind of been creeping up over the past few years. Um, some of the stuff, not not these aren't features that were on Steam Deck, but some of the design elements that they had been working on for Steam Deck kind mm-hmm. of made its way back onto the desktop version. Um, plus the neat little tools and stuff that kind of got. Not it wasn't leaked, but it was in preview. Yeah, before beta like, preview. Uh, yep, yep. Like the the notes that you can uh, add from the shift tab menu, which is being shown right now. It's so um, cool. The notes are really, really. It's like it's probably going to be one of the coolest parts um, mm-hmm. because it syncs just a 
the same in the same way that yeah. um, game save sync. So you know if you have multiple devices running Steam, I mean you write this little opaque, uh, so you know or slightly translucent uh, note, which is really awesome. Uh, yeah, you will you that will be get picked up on another device that you launch Steam on. Um, it's really good, like Steam Deck, which is great, and my MacBook. Uh, no, it's it's cool. I was uh, I was very happy playing with lots of Steam games on your MacBook for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, streaming it from my Steam Deck to my Mac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more likely, more like that's why I played Peppa Pig in a in a coffee shop. I'm telling you, go read that review. Uh, but no, I you know I was actually very happy about this because um, I said finally because I have been a hound for for steam to get their freaking act together and be like you guys they need to update at least start updating it make it you know for put it forward to a direction that um gets closer and more user friendly uh it's like what consoles are doing and this to me this is almost there's some aspects of this which are very console-ish ish like that overlay system <clears throat> because this is how people have kind of adapted to gaming they want the quick access overlays they want to be able to give themselves notes and that kind of stuff. So um, they're doing things on console and to see those finally start really making their way in on steam proper, I think is really good. And for me, the actual best part is that this is backend stuff, which means now you can roll out code from on one that applies to all of them instead of having to build a separate steam client for the steam deck separate for linux and mac separate for pc separate for big picture this is all kind of running off of one basic structure code so i think all of you to assume that it won't be broken yeah i know (laughs) i know but yeah but it's good so you can hope what other news is there uh i'm trying to see if there's anything else worth mentioning i mean sure there's <clears throat> there's all the news and all that kind of stuff. Summer Game Fest is returning next year. We already, no. you know. No, no. Um, the, oh, the co-founder of Rockstar. Oh, yeah. Dan Hauser, gone. right? Yeah, he's gone. Well, he left a well, while ago. No, yeah, he left. he left a while ago, but now he's like, hey, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. Like, he's doing live action, animation, video games, comic books. That just sounds um, like a production studio. Sounds like that just sounds studio. like a production studio. But yeah. no, I, th- I mean that that seems like what executives do, what rich people do, right? They they can't shake what they're what they're famous for. He's so got a really big head. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Hey, when you've made the one of the you most know. popular franchises in the world, you can have as big of a head as you want. Uh, unfortunately, no, like physically, not like oh. <laughs> ego. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of him. No, I'm no, looking at this picture. That's he's awesome. I mean, if not, he's he's kind of like the. I mean, not that I like labeling people, but I mean, he's incredibly talented as far mm-hmm. as a creative mm-hmm. uh, is concerned. I mean, he's also British, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, that. British I, people I, are crazy. No, it's right it's now. weird. No, it's it's weird. It's to insane that a British person wrote some of the most poignant stories American. of american culture yeah. that yeah. has ever been translated into video games right that's, like, what that's I'm insane saying. it's that's insane. What's weird to me it's like how is this british guy how does he know our culture better than most of us do it's, 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 it's weird. wild it's yeah. wild he's smart but... okay let's um let's get into some games that we've been playing i think that was it for for news i want to get into some of the games that we've been playing um 
<clears throat> beat it scram taylor uh so here's what's gonna happen we are we're gonna avoid the zelda stuff maybe towards the very end we'll, we'll, we'll kind of briefly touch on it no spoilers because uh i um, haven't beaten it <laughs> sam hasn't beaten it <clears throat> um listen it's mostly because um uh, I, I, let me put this gracefully uh there's these things called forever games yeah, uh, yeah and uh zelda's uh right up there with me and you're like yeah wow uh well wasn't breath of the wild and yeah and and this is a very rare instance where like in my mind forever these games will be won um and that's fine and i have 100 hours in uh tears of the kingdom Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close um, there. And I, I will probably put damn near 200 more, if not, you know, 400-ish in more into it. Um, uh, and yeah. I'm just, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. <laughs> let's, okay, let's put it okay that that's way. fine. Let me, uh, go ahead, Zach, because I, I do have a question I, for Sam. I had to force myself to beat it before the Final Fantasy. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. Uh, Timo came out because i knew the moment i got to play final fantasy 16 all interest in zelda would just go away sure. so i was yeah. like i need to beat this fast so like uh, and, yeah, I, so. and i fully understand that for people yeah. but in the same way for that uh for final fantasy it is the same way for zelda for me as in all other things must not exist yeah uh, so yep. in games terms uh in I hit single a, I player hit... experiences for that to happen i hit a different point that Zach did, which is I was I was purposely not finishing the game. And so I was going around and doing other things. And I was slowly creeping. I could feel it in my just emotional state as I played it. I was like I was slowly creeping towards I don't want to do this as much as I did yesterday. And it kept creeping up hmm. more and more. And then I was like <laughs> I don't know if I really care about illuminating the whole underground i don't know if i really care about getting that other shrine anymore sure. um and then i'd be thinking <laughs> so yeah i i just i i've i i don't know how to say that i haven't entered a point in that game yet where i've decided that like oh I, i'm gonna run out of things or my interest is going to wane that i need to direct myself towards that conclusion mm-hmm. to even maybe give myself more to do if that makes sense uh like so far are we just know, gonna have the conversation now and then we'll go to the yes yeah order? i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if we're gonna, be, if we're gonna remain we'll this vague about, about it um yeah. yeah let's say uh i have two of the four main chunks let's okay. say yep. um and i'll uh, tell you i'll tell you when my barrier hit and that was when i fought a white man lionel about okay. that's oh. all. <laughs> the white man line of white man, yeah. The white maned. The white man. Yeah, I said a white know, man line. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it's uh I, I don't know, because it goes back to and you know, when I'm done with it, I kind of want to have a, a, a much broader conversation because it kind of goes back to what we've talked about with Elden Ring. Um to um you know, there's there's been a couple of times where I've run up to something, died once or twice, and gone. You know what? <laughs> like, let's let's go yeah, do something yeah. completely yeah, on no, the it, other it, side of the map. It, it has it has yeah. that very similar feel of like I think I'm gonna go, and then yep. you just leave. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which or is it's, which is it's always like well. A, it, you know, it's like I'm gonna figure out this puzzle, and then you accidentally launch something off the side of uh, uh, you know, of a floating island. You're like, 
you know what? No, maybe not now. <laughs> you know what? Maybe in about four hours. Maybe if I think about it, we'll come back to this. Um, uh, yeah, I just, there's so much of that, that, you know, going to an area and going, you know, I'm going to just take out my horse with a hitch on it um, and mm-hmm. uh, just patrol from this side of this map that I have discovered to this side of the map I've discovered and run into like 45 separate things to do, um, whether that be, um, you know, Koroks to uh, 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 wells or the well, the well or... quest is really is really good yeah, yeah it is it is i'm i'm jealous because like my brain doesn't work that way yeah i don't do that like it's like same it, it just like the the idea of like i'm gonna sit up the hitch and just like see where it takes me <laughs> i'm never gonna do it it's just never it's yeah. never gonna happen see um, that's but that's what i do to relieve myself from like you know oh okay like i've been in the underground and all i've been doing is running to these different well spots for the last yeah. like 45 minutes I need to do anything else but this right now. Not that I like hate myself for doing that, but like, you know, I have lost to your point. I have lost the enjoyment of that in this very moment. Sure. So I need to find something that's the complete opposite to do. Sure. So let's sure. go play a, a horse detective for the next like hour and see what's up. I, um, my, my issue has been <clears throat> the game is so big that like, I had a I, I had a point where I was loving just hanging out in the in the the upside down I call it the underworld <laughs> hanging out in the upside down and uh, just lighting lighting everything you know just filling out that map I'm like oh this is cool and then I got to the point I'm like you know you bump into some coliseums other crap down there I'm like yeah it's starting to wear on me a little bit you see some like monsters that are just way too powerful that kind of stuff <clears throat> then I'm like okay I'm gonna hop back upstairs into the the regular world. And I go there, and I'm there for like 15, 20 hours doing shit. And I'm like, I'm going to hop into the Skylands for a little while. And I'm in the Skylands for like, you know, 8, 10 hours just doing shit. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I've am i only gotten one of the freaking, <laughs> I'm only at 25% of this main quest of the thing that I have to get because I keep like sidetracking. So <clears throat> what I've started to shift towards now is, you know, obviously opened up all the, uh, uh, the map and um on the main area open up the the majority of the sky islands and open up the majority of the the map down down south and i'm like okay i'm gonna i've i've polished off the existing quests that i have i'm gonna go finish this next major story chunk um and then inevitably i'll get a bunch of more quests uh and i'll i'll pick apart a few of those and then start that cycle all over again because it's just so easy for me to get sidetracked. I just checked right now. I'm at like close to 65 hours into this game, maybe even more. <clears throat> and I only have one, like not even 25% of this game done because I'm just fucking around. I that get was, sidetracked so was easily. <laughs> so that easily. Was, that was me. Yeah, I promise you time. a far, like, and this is actually one of the problems with the game. Is that just because you've only done twenty five percent of that portion of the quest, yeah, yeah. you have done far more than twenty five percent? Oh yeah, me. of course, of course. Um, yeah. This is this is exactly that, what happened to me in Breath of the yeah. Wild, by the way. Well, yeah. and in no way am I, uh, you I'm know, not upset. I'm going love to it. believe that I'm going to find every Korok seed, yeah. and that's going to be sure. a mission of mine. That that absolutely ain't happening. 
And the number of times one of those suckers have been like, my friends left me. I'm like, you guys got to learn and have <laughs> you run, gotta, run, you know run the opposite direction. Dude, he does, the, it does the zoom out to the, to, to the smoke, to the smoke. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty far, dog. I'll <laughs> yeah. see you later. The number of times it's zoomed out, I've been like, well, it sounds like you're friends and asshole. And I just sounds, sounds like you're not friends anymore. That's like, wow, friend, he really just left like, you, huh? catch up and walk two miles down the hill. <laughs> Fuck that guy, man. You're better off. You're so, so the problem, not a problem, but it's a personal issue, I guess. But the way I play open world games is I really always like to take the slowest like mm-hmm. way to get around. Like in Breath of the Wild, I never use horses. Like I walk everywhere. I walked. Like yep. I just love to like walk. In The Witcher 3, I just walk. And like just games like that, I've always just loved to just like be in the moment. That's why when Death Stranding came out. Be in the world, out, right? Be in that that's world. That's why when Death Stranding came out, I was like, oh, he, he made a game for me. Like I play games like this anyways. Like any open world world game, I'm going to do this walk. So yeah. Tears of the Kingdom has forced me to actually like fast travel and use the faster mechanics in the game which i would normally not even like partake in but like now it's like okay i'm gonna go to this tower then i'm gonna like go up and like fortnite dive so i can get to places faster just so because just so i can do do things and there's there's an armor set you can get in the islands if you upgrade them like all three pieces you don't have any damage when you fall so like you can just Fortnite fall directly into the ground if you want to. Um, and that's really fun. So you just like, so like I would just go up and then I would like para, paraglide as far as I could. Then I would just dive as far as I could and then just land on my feet and keep going. Um, and that's how I covered a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, especially towards the end where I was like, I gotta, like, it's starting to get thin, man. I need to get, I, I need to like finish this game as fast as I can. Like I finished the game with like ten hearts, eleven hearts. Okay, wow. Okay. Um, I I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna yeah. like, I'm gonna parry everything. I'm gonna like, I'm actually gonna just like hardcore mode this baby game. Like, like that's that's what I did for the last half. Um, but like, yeah, it I have issues with it. I think there's there's a lot there's problem. I think they've done so much. With the gameplay, they've made it so good that everything else is like, oh, that's where you need to work on next. Like, and it's so apparent. Like, he's like, please work on a better story. Figure out a way to like railroad us a little bit and like give us like a good, concise, linear story. I would love that. I, I don't like the tears. I don't like going to the past and seeing all these things. Like, I just want. I'm okay a with story. I'm okay with, with some of that stuff. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. okay with. Like going to the tears and looking at them, yeah. it is phenomenally bizarre that be the free there's the freedom. There's too much freedom. Like be uh, and and this, I think I think I think was it Corey who said it or, or somebody said it in the Discord uh, pretty succinctly, which is that like I shouldn't be able to see the last memory first. The yeah. last memory. Is so important. It's so for important the, for I the overall story, <laughs> and like it, it, it shouldn't be possible to do it. It's one of I, those things where it's important yeah. enough to the narrative, uh, uh, the narrative crescendo. Like the you know, like they've crafted something where like I I would feel less strongly about it if it didn't 
feel like it was wrong, right? Like if you watch them in order and you get them in order, it feels right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, it feels wrong. And that's the only reason why I have an issue with it. Yeah. And the same thing yeah. happens with the shrines, which is it feels they really suck. silly. I, it I feels hate, really, really silly to find a tutorial <laughs> shrine after like so because there are there are specific yeah. shrines that are in the game which are oriented pretty closely around the starting zone, where if you get them, there's a good chance that it's gonna be like here, all right, we're going to teach you how to sneak attack. Okay, we're going to teach you how to throw a thing. Okay, we're going to teach you how to shoot a bow. I saw some of those at 65 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dog, I don't like I don't know how to tell you how long ago I This is this is also like miles away from where you start, too. It's like, okay, well, I'm out towards Terry Town. Let's see what's here. Oh, a sneaking tutorial. Cool. Like I've was I supposed to was I like that. like what what drew, what was supposed to draw me to go to this look like they were somebody chose them like a designer said we should put this one here because there's a good chance that they're going to do x y and z and go here and i don't like that mentality i don't think is enough so i uh <clears throat> what's interesting is that i i had the same experience like in certain areas like i i would bump into shrines uh, later on down in in parts where i'm like oh this is pretty far away um why am I getting a tutorial shrine on shooting an arrow into the middle of a, into a construct's eye, right? It's like, I've had the bow for a long time, but then you speak to people. And I, I spoke to people at the summer game fest weekend who were like, they, that was crucial for them. Some of that stuff, because they took Nintendo has an intended path. Uh, whereas a lot of us, we're so used to breaking the path and going like I went as far around as possible to open up every freaking sky tower by doing that. I learned mechanics in the game. I didn't learn mechanics from the shrines. I had all the shrine shit figured out by the time I opened up all the sky view towers, because that's what taught me how to do the shit. But people don't follow that same path. Now, maybe they could have set it up so that, the third shrine you go to or the fifth shrine you go to wherever it is teaches you this. Maybe that's a way to do that. Imagine, imagine the sweat beating on, on game guide writers brows where you can no longer associate the name of a shrine with a specific puzzle. Well, like I think it's like what Dolly's saying, like that's true. 100% like, we all play games differently, especially with Tears especially of the Kingdom. Especially this game. Yeah. Especially this this game. There's really no like right way to play it or wrong way to play it. Um, but I really do think they need to redesign their ideas of what a shrine is and sure. redesign and like because like Nintendo, especially with Zelda before Breath of the Wild, they were really hammered on like you're way too hands on. This is way yeah. too much, too on, much the, on the rail. Yeah. yeah, and then they they corrected over corrected with their next game and then they went even further and they need to dial it back a little bit like um just take notes from like xenoblade take take notes from those games and how they do their narrative how they do those guys help design zelda i know that's what i'm saying is like let them help you with the other things because like they clearly are focusing they're clearly putting so much thought and love into the gameplay and how the game works and this like amazing 
magical video game. Like that's just what it is. And like the story, I hate it. It sucks, whatever. But it's just like <laughs> the game is yeah. still really good. Like it's still a good mm. game. I, I enjoyed my time, time, time with it. But it makes me angry that it's that's like I can see the cracks. I can see what they need to fix yeah. fix because yeah. they've done such a good job. And yeah, that's I, that's praise. Like that's praise still. Like you've yep. you've you've yeah. done way too good that I can see the bad stuff happening still. Like I've I've been shaking my head uh this whole time, which you guys have been able to see <laughs> in my static image. Um, um but basically <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Um some Otis I think does have to fall on the player. Um in some ways, you know, you want everybody wanted to give, you know, to go back to Elden Ring. Uh, crap for you know oh you missed the tutorial thing right that was me i missed the tutorial Um, you guys like shit (laughs) the tutorial thing could just be the entire game if you just are ignorant to needing to know where you're going um and there was there's so much at the beginning of that game that's so heavy-handed that's like hey dog like welcome to like the land you know what you should do go hang out with the rito like uh, like they, they're, they're what's up. You should go. And you're go there. Yeah. 90% of people are like, are they, like, I don't even know what a Reno is, but sounds cool dog. And then just yep. doesn't once. Th- I-, I had a friend who was like, yo, I just met the bird people. <laughs> I was like, how long have you been playing? You just quote <laughs> met the bird people. Um, yeah. But, uh, that's the other thing is like, you know, it's also like, there needs to be either, you know, I, again, I don't know how you do this, but there needs to be something that helps the player to understand like, Hey, not here right now. Like mm-hmm. it, whether it's like a traveler or something that comes by and goes, dude, you're not ready. You know, there needs to be some way to tell like players. Sorry, that, my that can't sign identify. is blocking the entrance to the shrine, and you don't have the tool set. <laughs> yeah. to open up there the needs. Shrine. Well, it's not it's even the tool the set, right? Because I feel like a lot of those like tutorial things. Um, some of that stuff doesn't feel as crucial. Um, like I don't know necessarily that you need to teach a player how to counter with their shield, but when you learn that your shield can counter, and then once you can. Uh, mount items onto your shield and then you can when you use your counter it's basically like a bash attack Mm -hmm. like you know they try to do some of that with teaching you with enemies and stuff but there still isn't you know uh, i i feel like even with players like you can directly show them like a another character like pick up an item and like yeah you know like pick up an arrow and put like a fire thing on the end of it and it becomes a fire arrow and Two hours later, some player will go, how the fuck do you do a fire arrow? <laughs> like, you know, like that's going to that's going to be somebody no matter what you do. Um, But at the same time, there definitely is some leeway to be a little bit more hands on. That's like, hey, like, you know, to go into some more stuff like, you know, these guys that are preparing for a battle, like maybe you craft some items for them while they're preparing for battle. So it's like, you know, you know about putting construct horns on the end of sticks um to basically make swords well, yeah and and, like that. and that's the thing is that like yeah there's there's a real lack of direction on the fuse because there is specific design choices that were made of like you know the because you've got the construct weapons and then you've got human weapons mm-hmm. and certain things go on certain things and like monster parts work really well on swords and how like on basically on the human weapons and like uh, this sounds obvious, but like there was a 
based on what the weapons look like after you fuse them, there's a clear intention that was meant to be done of like these things go better on here um and the, uh, the ones that are really obvious are construct items on construct weapons right that like that okay sure that's all well and good um you know but you know to sam's point like the little thing of like you know give give us a you know give the player a way other than just mm-hmm. fudging it give them the opportunity to see a direct cause and effect. Well, um, and people around tell you things and like, will fill you in on some of this stuff. Um, and like, no one directly tells you like, Hey, if you pay attention to those posters, like you'll learn recipes. Um, but like it, you know, you're kind of, the player is kind of left to understand that. On that their part own. I'm cool with. I'm um, totally cool yeah. with going to the stables and there's recipes on the wall. Yeah, but like, to that's but to even to your point about like weapons, like there are people that are like there's actually a lady at a stable that says, you know, oh, you know what would be the strongest weapon if you put uh you know this monster toe or whatever with like this weapon. It's like if you have one of those, like bring it to me. And there's plenty of people I like to call it uh They're too um, easy you know, to like, miss though. Well, is my so, problem. So here's the thing. They try to do uh, what I like to refer to as the Jesus text, um, uh, but it's <laughs> when Nintendo is directly going, could you pay attention to at least this word? Uh, and it's whenever you're reading anything in the dialogue and it's just highlighted in red. It's usually singular words or like phrases that you're going to yeah. see multiple people repeat. Uh, and like, I think they're trying their best of like, can you please just maybe be interested in people around here? It's not like Skyrim. You don't need to know that this person is the third sister of, you know, somebody's brother and they want you to kill this person because it, uh, they, they, they have somebody that's from this town and somebody's attacking that town. Please go help them. Uh, like that's what the, that was in the conversation, but it was an entire paragraph of a conversation. And some people just hit A the whole time. And it's like, you didn't yep. give me an option to take anything or sell anything. So uh, you're I not moved, interested. I moved on. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. moved on. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I get that. Like I said, I think that uh, for me, the biggest thing is they tried to concentrate a lot of those conversations at the, at the stables. Um, I think that there wasn't enough of a focus on the stables. Like you go to the stables. Uh, the biggest thing that brings you there is if you get, a specific side quest um, that encourages you to find all of them and to go to them and another side quest that's adjacent to the, to the stables. Um, and I guess my thing is that like they're super unimportant side quests. Like they're not mandatory in any, in any capacity. Mm. Um, and I don't think that they're that, hard to miss i i I find them i find that they were very easy to not partake in and that's my only that's my biggest issue with those with yeah hey uh sam have you seen all the tears tears yet Uh, i have not no okay have you seen the last i have not seen the last one but i've seen a number of crucial ones let me tell Mm -hmm. you because that i you know, and it feels like with the tears, those are maybe the easiest that you could be like, oh, well, when you find the first one, you know, it pulls from like these, you know, handful of ones and you find, you know, once you find, how many are there? Like 11? 12. Uh, 12? 11 or 12. Yeah. There's 
18 total six of them are like through cuts like through the story and then sure the, the uh um the crop circles for lack of a better term um god they're annoying uh, <laughs> I so much. Um, but uh uh like you know it, it feels like they probably could have set it up where you know uh, some of them are maybe from a random pool and then once you get to like six through 11 those ones are in a set order or something like that right feels like you could maybe do something like that instead of like you know here's the one that's like chronologically at least this is how it played out for me um it's like chronologically here's the one that happened maybe directly after the events of the opening if you want to mm -hmm. say that um and then it's now 10 further down the line uh and some shit's gone down uh and maybe <laughs> and maybe some stuff that like yeah you could have inferred from some other stuff that was going on but like that's like that's... thinking about like watching like the opening of the fast and the furious movie um and then watching when they uh race uh the the train it's like there's like tw 10 to 15 minutes of that movie left after that but like not a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole I'm lot. Try, I'm trying to figure out a way to like word this, but I the whole last end of the tears, I stumbled upon that whole thing without ever seeing any of the tears. Mm -hmm. like, I just was like, what? Like it's it's like it was weird. I was like, wait, so and then I just like I because I was just exploring and I was like, let me go over there that that thing and there's a like big yeah, story I'll put, thing. I'll put it this way, Sam. Have you found the 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 fate of the master sword? Nope. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I found that without knowing any context, and it kind of ruined yeah. everything for me. So. <laughs> So, uh, if I'm being honest with you, uh, I did not have a, uh, not a large percentage of my map, but let's say maybe the last three or four Sky Towers until maybe the last, like, 20 hours of playing, I'd say. Um, mostly because I just insane kind of doing... I know! What are you talking well, so, about? So, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I want to I <laughs> move around this map more fluidly, so that's why I started to do it. Um, and I'll agree with you, like, um, and I'll, I'll say that I think that the problem with the stables is they're not, they're too centralized towards the center of the map. Um, there's like not a stable that's at like the top left corner or like, you know, the far bottoms of the map. Um, so you get into the situation where like, um, like yesterday I was just like trying to find a shrine in the top like left area of the, uh, like the whole map. And I floated over there and, you know, found one, went and did the inside of the shrine and then looked at my partner and was like, and I'm teleporting away to like not come back up here for like another <laughs> like 10 hours or whatever. If ever. Um, yeah, if <laughs> to be fair, if ever. Um, and that's something I'm totally cool with. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I just find it's like, you know, maybe it's the persona thing for me is there's so many different outlets of gameplay and i can choose to engage with any of them at any time and that yeah. includes the like you know uh children's book adaptation of the movie which is the tears of the kingdom storyline um you know going around 
but I, you know, to that credit, to the other portion of that though, is like every single one of these towns feels like not only is it like involved in a current situation, but that yeah. situation evolves as you it's do really, things yeah. there and yep. in other places. Um, so like, um, even the, um, what is it called? Landmark landing, I think is the like, uh, first area that's there, yeah. the like sort of, um, you know, um, I guess spoilers for that area. Um, but you, you I land there, so. you know, that's where, yeah, I guess. But for the, the, we have people that, you know, supposedly listen to this, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you land there first essentially or they the game is pretty specific about hey when you hit touch ground maybe when you touch grass maybe go over here hey um, maybe you do that but then you don't you don't have to you can you just really like don't leave. Have to. <laughs> um and you know if any of the guides or any of the like you know you should do this when you start the game uh will tell you that you should go and get do that get your glider and uh the sky tower but even that you can leave and if you come back then it's like Oh, hey, at the center of this place, like there's like a cool like mission spot and there's mm -hmm. missions in there that you can take. And uh, then you'll go and you'll learn some stuff and you'll come back and it's like, oh, yeah, like we'd love to open a stable here, but uh, we can't quite construct like the roof of this place. Right. You make a stable. Yeah. And then I don't okay. I don't think I ever got the mission stuff, by the way. Oh, really? Down there? Uh help the people inside a little circle thing yeah inside the like landing area did you ever did you, hear, did you ever get there? did you ever get to like like spec change like you can change your you can exchange uh hearts for stamina yes yeah yeah, yeah. did you ever get that i did yeah i mean you just keep doing keep talking to them i mean you get more yeah, there's stuff. a guy that's at like a <laughs> war table you never never talk to the guy at the war table i talked to him once well, I get, well, you like, know, but that's my point so yeah, yeah. then you can uh, so here's the thing I'm pretty sure it's tied to helping uh, those soldiers out in the field so as soon as I helped those soldiers he was like oh great that you helped those soldiers um, we have some other things like including these big targets that would be great if you would uh, like go and help us with if you've got time uh, and you know you can do those yeah look at you you didn't even see it huh yeah, it's, that's and that's my point is those towns like keep growing um, to the point and uh, uh, even more in that stable, um, you get the like further the, the, quests with that and it just the, ta the town the there. towns and the quests that they that were created are the best part of the game, I think. Exactly. There's so uh, you know we're gonna continue spiraling. We said we're not gonna talk. We've talked for about almost forty minutes about Zelda. And I can't wait minutes. to talk for like a two-hour Zelda cast. We'll I'm do an actual Zelda cast, yeah, yeah, maybe later in the summer for sure. Whenever, yeah, once everybody actually Sam has the story, I then we complete. can commence the ultimate dunking. Yes, yeah, in just close thirty-two just, when Dally's finally yeah. beaten the game. Where just close that? your eyes and imagine what you think the story is going to be, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I wonder. Okay, let's move on um, to. Uh, other things that we've been playing because <clears throat> we're going to end on a huge review uh but huge uh, yeah. huge, huge. huge let's huge start review. with me since Go i'm ahead, back Zach. i'm i'm new here i've heard and of I have i'm a, new here i have a fun story to the story about yes. how i acquired final fantasy 6 16 okay yeah. so for work for freelancing there's this app there's this program i use called notion and it's 
pretty well used in industries and stuff. Um, but they, like a couple months ago, they put out this like email, like, hey, if you review Notion on this website called G2, it's like a professional like like tech review mm-hmm. website. Uh, we'll give you a gift card for <laughs> for reviewing it. And I was like, okay, so I reviewed it. And then like, it was like 25 bucks. Cool. Right. And Uh then they come back to me later. This, they come back to me this month. Like, Hey, you can review products for $10. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. But they put a hard cap on it. So you can only do one. So I just like Mm -hmm. kept making new accounts. Nice. (laughs) And I just got a bunch of gift cards and I bought the game. So I just kind of, I just would find like, like things that I've never used before. I've been like, let me, let me Google what this application does. And then I'm like, okay, time to write a review. And then they, they have to manually approve it too. It's not like it just comes comes to you. They read it huh. and then they approve it and it gets sent to you. So I made Hell like yeah. 80, I made 80 bucks and I bought just went ahead and bought the game. <laughs> so that was that was a, a fun. I yeah, think they only should, need to yeah, they only need a screenshot for proof. Or if you say, "Are you still using it?" and you say no, they don't ask for a screen screenshot. So you're gonna have to you send us this link in our Discord because I'm gonna do this shit and I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna finally get some be able to afford some games. Dude, this is awesome, very good. So, yeah, so that's how I got. I the, like that story. Got, it's great. Got the game. Yeah, no, it's I've been grinding at it for like this month because I was like, "What's like? Oh, I can do this. Cool. Let's just like steal some money. Let's just sure. have some fun." So, oh, what are the homies doing tonight? Yo, we're grinding out Amazon gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I did that, and that was that was great. It was a fun little um, experience. I, love it. I think it's good. Uh, yeah. Good and then, yeah, so then I played the demo. I think, so, I mean, I was already going to like the game. I've been excited yep. for it. Final Fantasy, I love it. I love the team, whatever. But I wasn't, I was just kind of, like, blindsided by how different it is. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, they've, yeah. they've been saying, like, this is a different Final Fantasy game. It's more dark. It's more focused on story, which is, like, Saying that for a Final Fantasy game was kind of like weird because it's like Final Fantasy is always about the story. There's always like something. <laughs> I want but, you to but, point to the Final Fantasy that's not about story. Yeah. <laughs> this one, they've been like, hey, story first. And I was like, okay, whatever. But then I played the the t- the prologue, which is like the first two hours of the game. And I was just like, this is like... <laughs> This is way too much info. My brain is about to blow blow up. They <laughs> they like have this thing called the active time lore that you can uh-huh. access, which is like so cool. It's like during a cutscene, you press the pad and it pulls up like like bubbles of all the things that are currently in the cutscene interacting with each other. So it's like Clive, his mom, his brother, his dad, where they're from, all these things, and they will update as the cutscene gets further along so the next time you see them it'll be like okay new things here going on um so it's just really cool and you can do it at any time even when you're playing the game like like during during like a fight or whatever you just press the button pops up it'll tell you the lore hmm. really cool and it it introduces you to some really interesting things if you want to be that type of person um in general the story is there's five crystals. People are fighting over power because blah, blah, blah. People with certain biology in their genes 
can become icons and possess the powers of the crystals. Hmm. Each nation has their own icon and they're just vying for power. They're basically nukes is kind of the thing. And the interesting thing I found out that really blew my, blew my mind was there's a scene where Clive's mom and dad are like on the bed about to have, have sex. But uh, we could, well, let's keep it to coitus. Yeah, this is a family show. But <clears throat> they get into a fight. I was like, hmm, interesting. So I click the the lore button, go in, go in, go in there. It's like, it's like, hell, Clive's like dad and mom are cousins, and his and his mom has been has been chosen from birth, and she's from a long line of families. They're really have, going for this, uh, for that have, shit. that have they're they've come from a long line of families that have produced the most icons. Mm -hmm. So, people with certain amounts of like, like, I don't know what makes up a person who can use magic or use an icon, but her family line has the most results. Mm -hmm. And her two kids, Clive and Joshua, are like. Clive can't use it. He was supposed to be the one who could like become the Phoenix, become like the thing. His younger brother, Joshua has it. So she kind of hates Clive and loves Joshua. Cause you know, he's like the cool thing and a bunch of stuff happens, but yeah, I was just like, all that stuff I just talked about is stuff. I learned from the active time lore thing, right? It's like stuff that I am privy on before it gets to in the cutscenes later on, you know? It's like, and it's also in there in the subtext of the cutscenes. Like, I can tell that his mom hates him. I like, and I'm like, if I'm curious why, I can look at the bio and see it. But if I don't, like, the subtext is still there, which is like, it's just really impressive. It's like, okay, they really focused on this story and the writing and the characters, and they filled out this world to where no matter where you approach it from, there's always going to, it's always going to like make logical sense. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just wild. Like I just, I wasn't expecting that. And that's just me as a fan. Like I was, wasn't expecting that level of thought and yeah, it's pretty crazy. And it's also, I'm just excited to have like a lot of cutscenes in the final fantasy game and just like go through it. But then the combat is super fun. It's a devil may cry game. It's like crazy. There's combos, combo people making videos on YouTube going crazy talking about tech and cancels and all these things. And I'm just like, okay, so I have that to dig into, but I also have this story to like bite into and like devour. And it's just, it's really exciting. And I think the biggest takeaway for me at least is I've been watching a lot of other people play the demo. They've been doing a pretty big like to like like press push with streamers and stuff. And I'm watching streamers who normally don't really play games or play games like like this like people who react to like rap music or do mm -hmm. react content or just like talk to the camera, don't play games. They're playing the game and they're one like they're enjoying it. That's also part of their job, but the big thing to me is watching their chat and their chat being like, oh my God, like, whoa, like the chat reacting mm -hmm. and like having genuine interaction with the game, which is something that a Final Fantasy game really doesn't ever bridge that gap. It's always just kind of been like, it's a, it's a big series for people who are into games, but it's never really bridged that like kind of like the normie gap 
I guess you can call it. But it's like it's really interesting to watch people who just play Call of Duty or play Fort Fortnite engage with this story and be like, this is cool. Like I want to play this game. And that makes me really excited to see what the sales are going to be for this. Cause I really do feel like they are going to hit it out of the park and it's thankful because of game of Thrones. Like it's a good cultural touchstone. People love game of Thrones and it's a lot like game of Thrones and that lets people latch onto it. So then they can, take it off into a different spot like i'm like so. i you mentioned the sales for this thing i'm first of all i'm super excited i'm gonna be picking this up um trying to decide if i want to pre-order so i can get the steel steel book or wait until sometime in july or who knows but uh <clears throat> when there'll be an inevitable sale um i sales numbers wise the vibe that was around sgf and the folks that i was talking to was this will sell really well, uh, but not nearly as much as Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, that it's it's hampered by the fact that there's other big games in June and like Street Fighter and there's like two other things coming out, um, Diablo, uh, and that the there is a general consensus, just general feel that this isn't going to sell a ton because it is just confined to the PS5, which still doesn't have the numbers mm. of other of other platforms. But yeah, um, but I'll, I think I'll, we talked about that, that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that was before this kind of like, because a lot mm. of people are genuinely shocked with like their reaction to the, to like the positive reaction to this, of even people outside of like the sphere I was uh, talking mm -hmm. about. So I've, I really do think the unexpected of like these people who play FIFA games are excited for this game because it's just such a weird marketing yeah. thing going on that I just I'm really excited to see mm -hmm. what happens with it because I feel like it's going to be more than what what people expect. It's not going to be it's not going to be like God of War numbers or whatever, but it's going to be bigger than I think a lot of people. I hope. I hope are expecting so yeah. will, it'll be well I in Japan. Say, I know that. <laughs> I will say anecdotally, I have I am a noted hater of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, not so much like hater of the series, but I just haven't enjoyed them in a long time. Uh, the last one I played through was the boy band one, and I hate finished that game just so I could talk trash on it. Um, <laughs> I still it's, it's can't bad. tell you how fighting works in that game. Um, and uh, the whole point of <laughs> so playing, we I just like Andy, you're, you're like you're like you're <laughs> like we. I listen. I don't like those games. The last one that I even managed to beat was the last one before this one. So listen, I <laughs> I only played it because uh, uh, thank you PlayStation for when you buy a game digitally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like when your brother buys a game digitally and then mm. you can play it on the same account, like on the other side of the country. Um, I didn't do any so that you want to talk about a game. I just mainlined this uh, main quest until I had to grind for levels and then did that for a little bit. Um, walk in a hallway. I couldn't tell you much about that story either because I, I just did select the game so much. Everything I've seen on this new final fantasy has interested me in it more and more, uh, including, mm -hmm. uh, I told you. Uh, I watched the beginning of that Final Fantasy thing. I think it was very endearing that the uh, president of Square Enix, right, came out yep. and uh, spoke in uh, English. 
to the crowd, which uh, yep. I thought was very cute. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think it was kind of the right move for me, who's like, meh, Final Fantasy, and then have uh, the Platinum Games crew um, show up, uh, showed off a lot of gameplay, hearing about that. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name of what the system is of seeing the story in kind of real time, like checking the stats Active of the story time in real lore. time. Like, uh, like that sounds cool as somebody who is constantly confused. Um, and also, uh, for somebody who has a partner who often shows up in the middle of something and goes, who's that? And why do you care? Uh, and then you just being able to hit a button. It's like, you could just read this while I'm going to the bathroom real quick. Sounds like an amazing, uh, system, um, to be able to share a game yeah. with somebody too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I have not checked out the demo yet. It's like the hmm. one demo I haven't quite gotten a chance to see. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, which we'll talk about during my, uh, time of games played. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is, uh, that's, probably going to be saturday night i would assume uh okay. it's going through that prologue for me yeah see yeah. that's what i'm me. talking about dolly is that that's what happened there's yeah. so many people like sam that i've seen that are that they're like i had no interest but now because of this because because like there's so many things that happened before that we as nerds knew about we knew was the devil may cry guy we know us the final mm-hmm. fantasy 14 team we we know they're super passionate and they love their fans blah 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 but the mainstream wasn't aware of that until this and then now it's showing and it's like oh there's a lot of people taking notes and it's really exciting i'm, I'm just like yeah like so i'm excited so, to play it so what do we so, think i mean ps5 what? is realistically at what like around 40 ish million Sales at this around point. the world, uh, thirty something, thirty. Because it was it was thirty eight. It was thirty eight point five. Let's say forty million. Of, yeah, yeah. At the end of April. Yeah. So you know we're 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 closing in on two more months. So I'm not, I, we'll just we'll round it to forty million just to be to be safe. About four million to, in Japan. Or sorry, uh, about three million in Japan for the. For so what, so what do we think? What do you think world, worldwide sale? Worldwide, Zach, like I think it can. I think it could easily worldwide week one three mil. Like, I think that's the low end. I think that's what the, I think they're definitely going to hit that. Square Enix is probably expecting triple or quadruple of that, but like I, Square, Square Enix out there, they're, uh, they're, like they're, 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 they're scheduling an investor call mm-hmm. a Monday after release. We're, uh, we there did not be, hit our expectations have, of twenty five percent attach rate of the whole console. Have market. they talked pre order numbers at all? Just out of curiosity, because they're what tracking really lower. So they're tracking lower, but that was before Ooh. all this. All this happened. Though, that was so. pre demo talk. Pre demo. The <laughs> demo. Pre-demo talk. I'm telling you, dude. No, but for real. But for real. This, no, no, the, no. No, the demo. The demo absolutely changed a lot for them um, because what it was is the. Their comment was that Final Fantasy 16 was trending lower in comparison to Final Fantasy 15 pre-orders, even taking multi-platform into consideration. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, like Final Fantasy 15, I just looked it up. Life Lifetime sold 10 million. I mean, it's that's pretty low. That's pretty low, and for them. And the so game, the, and the game is bad. And the, <laughs> the and, and like the whole message behind that game was like, "Hey, 
this game's this game there the story isn't there. There's no story here. And they're gonna patch it in later and you have to buy DLC. That was a story from the get-go. And people still bought it. And it's you know, I don't think a lot of those sales are on Xbox or Peace or PC compared to like PS4. So yeah, the game 16 has the potential to be huge for the series, and I think it will. Um but it's gonna, it's reaching audiences I just didn't expect it was so, going to reach. So, so you what what was your number again? Uh, I said three million like week one. Okay. Like I think that's just being yeah, I think that's they, being very very generous. If, if like, they close it, if they close in on ten percent attach in the first week, I would you would hope that that's a pretty big win for the team. What what's no. your what's your guess? I'm gonna I'm gonna write these down and we could just we'll revisit them. Um, I actually think it's gonna do very well because in in a, in a weird way, uh, because of how bad the other PlayStation Showcase was, mm-hmm. especially in especially for the U.S. market. Um, you know, sixteen had its big showing before that showcase, and now everybody's in their little gaming hype mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so Summer Games Fest happened. Everybody's like, do they care about video games? Final Fantasy 16 reshowed. It dropped the demo. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that it's gonna potentially break five mil in first. Ooh. I mean, that's like three. Yeah, I mean, I because like there's not there's nothing I, else. Like I the show, the, the PS showcase showed nothing other than Spider Man Two, basically. I mean, realistically, and so everybody's gonna be like PS Five owner. All right. We're gonna we're gonna pick up Final Fantasy 16. Okay. No man. Also, no divers too. Twenty yeah. percent of the user base day one. <laughs> also, the- just as like a tertiary thing, I had like so in my other Discord, which is the Final Fantasy 14 Discord, all my friends, blah blah blah. Only two other people in that in that Discord had PlayStation fives, and then there's been like twenty of them that bought one just because of the thing, like. So just as a tertiary, Sam, like, yeah, I mean, but that that's some anecdotal. <laughs> the Final yeah, Fantasy crew I know, I was is just excited about Final saying. Fantasy. As I said, that I just went through a whole anecdotal purchase of a uh, potential purchase <laughs> of this Final Fantasy. So, what's um, your number? What's your prediction? Uh because here's the thing: you want it, you want it to be successful. Because why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you do have a good point of like you are asking for. What has in the past arguably been a sort of niche niche. niche specific type of gameplay. Um, So I'm going to think maybe we go low on the first weekend, but then like, you know, it's got good build numbers. So I'm going to think it's like 2.3 week one or weekend one, um, because like, you know, it's probably really something like two point like two, but they say 2.3 because like they're like, that sounds better than just saying over two million. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> hit, hit us with that. Uh, and then I think you're going to see a good steady growth afterwards. Like a tumor, a good steady growth. That, I'm going to go mean, with that go word with... of mouth. You're, you're yeah. talking about like, you know, those guys, you know, if, if some of those streamers and stuff actually do end up picking it up and streaming and talking about it once you're no longer, you know, well, I mean, yeah, I got to believe some of them will be getting paid by Papa Square at the <laughs> uh, at the onset of it to try to push those numbers. But uh, that ain't a game you stream so, twice and yeah. finish. So 
if so, people stay on board, I could see that uh, selling to that crowd um, pretty so easily. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was the one that everybody was freaking talking about for years, had so much hype behind it, um, uh, launched in 2020 to a console that had over 100 million uh, user base, sold 3.5 million copies in that in its first weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so and so I'm because of that, uh, because that that was the one that everybody said this is it, Final Fantasy VII. This is the fi- the Final Fantasy VII game. Uh, my number is 2.5 or two. I'm gonna go for 2.6 million for opening weekend, and it's not because. Final Fantasy isn't popular or anything like that. The hype, I think, is going to help. It's because the install base is still low enough. It, it, you know, if Final Fantasy 16 launched on a hundred million uh, platform, um, then you'd see numbers that I think would be in the in the sixes and potentially the you know the high sixes. But I feel like because the install base is still so low, um, I, I don't think people are going to people. I don't feel like people who are FIFA gamers are going to buy a PS5 for Final Fantasy 16. I don't think. What if they the already case. have one? I'm not saying. Yeah, they, buy I, don't know, I think it's that you already have one, no, or pro- if you're a Final exactly. Fantasy gamer, yes. you can explain and away. Why... Well, I can also play 14 on here, right? Because the, yeah. they have a specific now, PS5 client now. Now mm-hmm. I f- I feel like um, what might be the saving grace? And again, I'm I'm high on Final Fantasy 16. I'm, I I really enjoyed the demo. What might be the saving grace is uh, uh, folks who don't have Tears of the Kingdom and who loved Elder Scrolls. And again, I bring that up because there is, I mentioned this way back when, and you guys laugh me off the podcast, there's Elder Scrolls influence in this because of that whole Game of Thrones, that feel, that... uh, the idea of there's these big monsters that you're going to go after. There's the talking points around, oh my God, I just beat... uh, titan or whoever that was that they were showing in their demo that battle where they kept dying and then the uh uh <clears throat> the game the battle director came in um that was so just i think that's hunt. gonna help that yeah. wasn't even a boss yeah that was a hunt <laughs> but i feel like that is gonna help but then i also feel like there are still people and this is where this is where it could get hurt is that there are still people playing tears of the kingdom that may hold off a little bit until later in the summer to get Final Fantasy because it's another huge game like that. Um, again, I, this is pure conjecture. I'm not a business person, blah, blah, blah. They may angle towards like a, a Street Fighter Six or a Diablo because they're different enough from, from Zelda. But when you get another big, giant, open-world narrative game uh, so close, that may be the only thing that sort of, sort of hampers it. But 2.6 million... That's that's in the low end of the scale for me. It, it, you know, I'm it could I'm I am totally, you know, totally acknowledging that I could be that I, could, I may be way low on it. It's it's really just the install base. I think that's holding it back more than anything else. But I okay. think we're also overlooking the God of War fans, too. It, so, hey. it, it, we could be because they're not always Final Fantasy players either. But, Quick time uh, events, baby. Yeah, let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on because we're at an hour and 42 minutes. Uh, Zach, have you been playing anything else that you wanted to, to touch on? Or you want to save uh, it for next week? I'll save it. Okay, so I know you have some review stuff coming up, too. Uh, Taylor, what else have you been playing? Because I'm oh, going to no. finish with, with Sam. Okay. We already talked about it. All right, sounds good. Everything that everybody else is playing. Sam, <laughs> you have played some. De- 
Oh, did we just lose the host of the show? Good riddance. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I don't know, but I'll yeah, cover those things. All right, here we go. Back. Okay, there he is. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, Sam will be playing some demos. I have uh, videos that I'm going to start with. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just gave you a list. I'll go in the yes. order in which I sent them. Um, only because, uh, you know, when uh, Summer Game Fest, uh, some people announced that they had demos. Um, so I thought, why not try Good a couple man. of those out? Uh, so we're going to lightning round through a couple of them. Uh, some of the demos were pretty quick, uh, and some of the videos that they have to show them are pretty short. So this is Wood Plus Weather. Uh, hey, you remember that one level from Banjo-Kazooie that was like uh, you could change the different seasons? Well, imagine if those were weather patterns, hmm. uh, and uh, instead of uh, Banjo and Kazooie, you were more of like a mystic hand that could move things around and solve puzzles. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, this weird vi Playmobil visual style. It's, it's kind of, yeah. Like Playmobil, -y. um, you know, there was stuff, um, like, you know, needing to freeze things over, um, with it snowing, um, and whatnot, uh, to make different actions happen. And yeah, it's just kind of like a puzzle game. Um, it's cutesy, you know, you can't, you can pick things up and throw it around and stuff like that and interact with different things uh free demo available now on steam go check it out um yeah if you like that banjo kazooie level that's that's essentially what it is honestly it's just a kind of a puzzle game uh with that and you look at a uh, very cute little isometric dioramas uh, i could see it being a vr game it is not at least not the demo um that i saw uh visit store page just in case it is it does not tell me it is um, but it does tell me it's an indie casual game. Um, all right, uh, next one, Surmount. Uh, hey, uh, you ever played D DK Swing? Um, uh, or that uh, indie game Heave Ho uh, that was out for a while? Uh, it's kind of out for a while. It's currently still out. You can play it. Um, but uh, it's kind of like that. Um, but uh, this one's And uh, like Ben Foddy's getting up. Um, just trying to climb up to the top of the hill. Um, you can, you have like mounting points um, that you can kind of uh, mount your rope to uh, to get better. Don't we all? Off them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, I didn't play the co-op. If there was co-op in the demo, I'm not sure. Uh, there's me. Uh, yeah, there's a, there was a co-op that you can play uh, where you're tethered between each other um, and you can use each other as climbing things. Um, yeah. It's a uh, climb to the top of this mountain uh, that no one, has surmounted to the top of yet. So, Celeste, got it. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, as far as I know, not really cool chiptunes and uh, uh, artwork, but hey, um, surmount. This Try next game demo. is really cool. They put it's out the demo early uh, because they were having it for Next Fest and everything else was coming out and they were like, ask group. Um, this, yeah, this is the better <laughs> rock rock climbing game, by the way. This game, owns. yeah, this it's game, so looks, good. Yeah. it looks really looks cool. sick. Um, this game so is good. like, hey, uh, did you have you ever seen the climbing in video games? And you're like, man, that's actually really hard, but it would be cool if there was like a real game dedicated to that. Uh, does anybody want to take a stab at how you pronounce it? Jusant, Jusant, uh, Jusant, um. Uh, basically is that, uh, you got your left and right grippers, uh, or your left and right, um, triggers, Hands. uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's momentum based. So, um, cool. you just saw that in the little demo there, the person did a little pull up jump. I'm sure that has a technical term for rock climbers. Um, uh, 
Uppies? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can do so big uppies. uppies. That'd be yeah, great. there's so many uppies. Um, uh, no, I mean, basically, it's rock climbing the game. Uh, this thing also has tether points um, that you can basically mount yourself for safety um, and to get around certain obstacles. Uh, it's got, like, uh, for some reason, Nathan Drake always drops in my head with the, like, rope running on the side of the wall mm, and using that yeah. as, uh, like, a momentum swing. Oh, here's some gameplay um, that we're watching. And this is all, well, this part I don't think is in the demo, but um, that so opening cool. part was all in the demo. Um, yeah, highly recommend it. It was one of those where uh, while I was watching, I think this was in the, the Xbox future game show. Was it Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it really? Yeah, oh. yeah surprisingly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Xbox I just remember watching game. and going, oh man, it sucks that there's not going to be a demo of that. Lies. There's a demo on <laughs> like the next Go day. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, what I want to add is you can make your own checkpoints by like putting like like nails. Yes, yeah. You can put yeah. hooks. So, yeah. So you can like make your own progress up the mountain. It's yeah. And super some, cool. It feels like, like there's definitely going to be times um, further in the game where some of that stuff will probably be required to be utilized to like maneuver around. Um, but then also, yeah, in that demo, you could definitely use them as like, okay, I've got a big jump coming up. I'd rather not go back like, you know, <laughs> two minutes worth of work. I can mount it here and then jump and see if I can uh, uh, ascend back if I need to. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, and then the last one uh, is uh, a game called Battle Shapers, um, which is like, hey, do you like roguelikes and um, 2016 Doom? Um, because it's, oh, this, well, yeah, I do. Uh, it's the same thing, but <laughs> then instead of like killing monsters and then being in hell or whatever, uh, you're killing robots and being in the future, uh, question mark. Future. Um, but yeah, you've got like a doom fist arm, uh, and then you've got guns. Um, so the doom fist arm can be used like a doom fist arm and, uh, you can launch yourself towards enemies. Uh, you can also knock enemies into basically disabled or stunned states. Um, that when you then use your rocket arm into them, uh, gives you shield. Um, so you're moving at the speed of doom, uh, and you're, uh, doing that, uh, to get shield back and stuff like that. Um, you know, scavengeable weapons from the game or from the ground, um, occasionally picking up like cards, uh, to strengthen, uh, both those weapons and yourself throughout those runs. And then there, uh, you know, appeared to be systems that you could then level yourself up outside of the runs to make yourself stronger overall in those runs. You know, it's a roguelike. You've played those before. Um, but I've now it's it. first person shooter and, and, and uh, robots and, and guns and doom. And it's, uh, it, it played pretty good. Um, if you like fast paced shooters, I would say, check that one out um and then yeah early uh, access ew and then uh because i only played uh around with the beginning of the demo and by that i mean i played with the visual settings and went can't wait to try this out and then didn't uh was the <laughs> uh, uh lies of p demo oh um, interesting which uh uh looks cool uh what uh especially when you can use the like high frame rate mode and the uh prioritize uh graphics mode or whatever it's called there's an interesting so i played that demo whenever you're loading the game says now lying instead of now loading uh, yes yeah um, interesting and then you have like makes you uh, think <laughs> and, and like his arm is like he's a mech arm and you use it to like sharpen your sword yeah 
Yeah, puts a puts a real new meaning to edging. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, it's a it was again the first twenty seconds of the demo I played looked fun and cool, um, but much like the Final Fantasy demo, I want to check that out some more. So um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Played a lot of Zelda. Played another game that we can't type can't quite talk about yet. Uh, not until the twenty second. So maybe on the iteration of this podcast next week, uh, I can talk about it. But uh, yeah, until then, I'll be playing Zelda and, and yelling about it. Just giving everybody a heads up. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> JJ regrets to inform us or inform us that he he loves the flesh. I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, one absolute last thing we have. Uh, we have a phenomenal review, which we're going to get into from Johnny did a kick-ass review again, and he's really kind of setting that bar high. Uh, and so now I've got to I've got to do a quick little video for my review, which I'm working on now. But uh, before we play his review for Warhammer Bolt Gun, want to thank all you guys, uh, Taylor, Zach, Sam. Uh, thank you, my yawn, my yawn boys, for I'm yawning too for joining me this evening, spending a good two hours of your evening with me. Um, it was a blast. I love, I love chat with my fam. This is my PAX East fam right here. Can't wait till, uh, till next year. It's going to be also a lot of fun. <clears throat> um, you can find us at sidequesting.com, sidequesting TV on YouTube and Twitch. Just go to the discord. You can, you'll find it in the link on this, uh, post wherever you're seeing this post, whether it's YouTube or it's on, uh, the podcast feed or it's on the site. You can, uh, you can find us the, on, uh, discord there. So, with that said, uh, thank you everybody for joining us on this wonderful video. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers. We're going to switch it over to, to Johnny with his uh, pretty phenomenal Warhammer bolt gun review from us. Thank you oh, yes, very much. We'll see you on the next episode of the Side Quest. Stick around for Johnny's great review here. You guys, uh, you guys ready? You guys can see this. Let me. Let me go full screen on this. Are are Hold they gonna one. can are we gonna be able to talk while everybody's watching the review? No. So we're gonna be sitting here for twelve minutes. We'll just chat with each other. <laughs> that no, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like is no, it... in in the private chat, everybody can see us and hear us. <laughs> you are kidding me. Nope. No. Nope. Unbelievable. All right, we'll see y'all in the next episode of the side quest. <laughs> Can you can you hear this? Is this is it oh Ah the boomer shooter. A modern FPS with a retro paint. We got Doom likes. We got Hexen likes. We got blood likes. And whatever else melts your pixelated Doom cute butter. Today I'm looking at Warhammer 40k bolt gun. A boomer shooter set in the grimdark fantasy 38,000 years in the future, where demons exist and space marines exist to eliminate them. Where a giant, genetically and surgically altered individual wears 700 pound armor and wields weapons that would normally be mounted to light artillery. The rise of the boomer shooter coincides with the popularity of retro style games. They are the games that try to scratch that itch of nostalgia. The nostalgia we all had when we played games as kids. The feeling of these games matter much more than the accuracy of the period that they're based on where values such as game progression and auto-saving 
matter much more than the amount of lives you accrue or the amount of points you get. So, does Bolt Gun live up to the standards of our inner children? Does it have the same feeling as shotgunning demons from hell, like you're living in 1993 with your Mario pajamas on the family computer in the living room? Let's take a look. A single space marine is not to be taken lightly. The process where they undergo the transformation into the Adeptus Astartes, or however you say it, is harrowing. A normal human adolescent undergoes a series of implantations that change his body into a hardened, seven-foot-tall, never-sleeping behemoth who exists only to serve the Emperor. You are this monstrosity of genetic manipulation and surgical enhancement. You are here to purge the heretics. You must cleanse with holy bullets and purge with concentrated plasma. You are an ultramarine. You're on your way to a planet that's infected with chaos. Chaos is like the other dimension. It's like where demons live and where hell lives. It's this chaotic pandemonium where death and violence and plague and, and whatever else live. The warp is... The warp is demonic. Good evening, and welcome to the pit of ultimate darkness. But it's necessary for space travel. It's necessary for a bunch of different things. It's necessary for psychers, um, you know, magic users, essentially. What lives in the warp can corrupt. And that's what space marines don't like. They hate this stuff. I'm a man possessed by many demons. Tonight, demons, they would open a door for a lady carrying too many parcels. But demons nonetheless! As far as the story goes, every 40k game is like nearly the same. Kill aliens. Kill heretics. Uh, uh, up, uh, I, you're the sole survivor of a drop pod, and there's no time to mourn your fallen comrades. Pick up your bolt gun. Do what the Emperor has commanded you to do. For people who enjoy the intimidating and vast lore of 40k, um, you're not gonna find it here. This game is all daka daka, and no black library, black a library. Black Lives Fun! This game's fun! You know how I said that retro games try and capture the feeling that you have when you're a kid? This game does it. It does it very, very well. Like if a 40k game was released back in 1993, this is what it would feel like looking back at it. Just, it's, it's like rose-colored glasses, but they're prescription glasses. And you use them every day. Does that make sense? You're a giant space marine, you're seven feet tall, you're wearing this huge armor, you're stomping around, you can feel the stomps, you can feel how heavy the weaponry is, the sound of your bullets chunking away at the enemies, just stomp, stomp, stomp. And then you get more weapons that are somehow even more powerful. It's very satisfying. The Heavy Bolter is probably my favorite gun. It's basically a machine gun that shoots up, like, I don't know, 50 caliber rounds or something. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, it basically turns your enemies into hamburger. Just point and hold down the trigger, and it's just red paste. The sound in this game is also, it, it, it meshes well with the weapon design and how it feels to walk around when you are 
when you are shooting your weapon, it feels like you're shooting something extremely powerful that only someone who's seven foot tall and 500 pounds could wield. The shotgun sounds meaty, and when the shells hit the ground, it sounds like you're dropping those red solo cups to the ground. That's how big the shells are. The plasma gun burns. The lasers pierce. And the melt the gun, well, it melts. It's all, it's all satisfying. When you're switching through your weapons and chewing through your enemies, that's also very, I hate to say satisfying, but it is satisfying. The pixel art, when you, when you kill your enemies, they either, they fall to a clump on the ground, but you can also keep shooting them and turning them into hamburger even more. Um, their organs go all over the place. I remember shooting, uh, uh, I don't know, some enemy and like they exploded. And then I saw like a pixelated brain on the ceiling and it would drop down onto the floor. When you walk through corpses, you can hear them squishing between your feet and the chain sword revs up. It's, it's all, it's all gravy, baby. It's all good. It's nasty. There's eight guns, there's special power-ups, there's weapon pickups, or, I mean, there's ammo pickups, there's health pickups, there's uh, colored keys, all your standard stuff. It's Doom. It's Doom, baby. This is a capital B video game, and it's Doom. This is Doom, baby. It's Doom. I gotta sing the Doom song now. I do want to recommend this game, but before I give it the old Johnny Wags stamp of approval, I gotta check off some critiques that make me say, dang, I wish they added that. There were a few times where I got a bit turned around within the huge gothic cathedrals and the dense pipe of the underforges, and uh, yeah, a map would have been really, really helpful. So it feels kind of like an oversight because, you know, Doom had a map. On your little grimdark adventure, you have this little servo skull that accompanies you. He's like your little companion, and he um, chirps at you in some low-pitched static. It communicates with you, but it's not voice. There, there are voice, there is voice acting in this game, but um, your little companion is not voiced. Uh, instead, it um, it shows up in the in the upper left part of your screen. The problem with the message in the upper left is uh, you're usually busy shooting guys, so it's hard to look over, look over and see um, what it's got to say. And most of the time, it's frivolous, so it doesn't matter if you miss it or not. But sometimes it just feels like, well, what if he did say something important and I'm missing it? My issue with it is that it feels like it's pulling my attention away from. Uh, what I want to do in the game, which is chainsword, uh, little culty freaks. And generally, it's it's just an, an un unhelpful little guy that follows you around. And the last thing before I get into something a little heavy with what the 40k universe is, um, I wish it had a quick switch button. Usually, these games have some quality of life improvement improvements, and um, this one definitely does. But uh, uh, the quick, instead of a quick switch button, which would normally be like the top button or the Y button, it has a taunt button, which is fun. It adds to the flavor of the game. Instead, you have to switch weapons with the D-pad, which is cumbersome um, because you have to take your thumb off the left stick, which is your movement stick, in order to switch weapons, which 
makes it so that you're 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 not moving anymore. And this game wants you to move. Um, it's a lot like Doom 2016 in that respect, uh, where moving is really uh, beneficial. Okay, on to the unsavory bit that I don't like exactly talking about, but I think it needs to be said. And I don't even think this is going to be a problem for most people, but 40K's Imperium of Man is based off of like an extreme exaggeration of totalitarianism and imperialism. According to the lore, mankind has to conform to a singular religion or else they'll be labeled as a heretic, punishment being execution. Inquisitors roam the galaxy. They're basically like the Imperium of Man's police force who sniff out any sort of blasphemy. They're sort of like scouts and then they report back and either they send space marines in or, you know, the Imperial Guard. Space Marines are obviously the face of this whole fan franchise, and they are the strong arm of this whole supremacist allegory. The intention of 40K was to imagine the endpoint of what fascism and totalitarianism would be. Soldiers as biological, technical, and theological weapons of the Emperor made to snuff out any sort of dissenters to this right-wing uh, futuristic government. It's supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed to look ridiculous. It's supposed to be like, oh, like, whoa, like, oh, oh. It's supposed to be satire, but unfortunately, you know, they made the Space Marines too cool. Like, they're not ridiculous. Like, they're they're very serious soldiers that have been, like, implanted with uh, 19 implants that turn them into walking tanks. Anyway, they made the fascists look cool. It's like the Empire in Star Wars. So, unfortunately, it just has that air about it. Um, it didn't hamper my enjoyment of the game, uh, but I think people should be aware that this is sort of... I mean, 40K is like 50 years old at this point. So, like, if you are sensitive to that kind of stuff, just be aware. And I don't think you're a bad person if you like this game. I don't think you're a bad person if you like the Empire in Star Wars. But, um, you know... I am going to give you this look. Anyway, when are they going to make a game where you can play orcs? The objectively good faction. I don't want to make it seem like you're the bad guy for playing this game because you're not. Uh, you're, you're very good for playing this game. You should play this game. It's good. It's fun as hell. I had a great time playing it. It's nearly mindless fun, especially if you play it on low difficulty like I did, like the filthy heretic I am. And on tougher difficulties, you're going to be strategizing where the health picks up, pickups are, where the ammo is, where the power-ups are, um, and trying to make sort of a line, almost like you're, you're uh, in a skate park or something like that. That's it for me, my fellow gamers. This is Johnny for SideQuesting. It's in the darkness. Hello, I'm your host, Sir Simon Milligan. For those of you without a brave heart, Get up, go to your television sets and turn <laughs> the station. Is this ahead. the end of the video? Exercise your oh, okay. life to be a coward. Yeah. Wow, Bella, you'll have to wrap up that story about all that.